Hi, this is Henry Goldblatt, and welcome to a very special episode of The Awardist. A few weeks back, I sat down with the host of Queer Eye, that amazing reimagining of the old Bravo show that has become a huge smash for Netflix. The conversation was so funny, heartwarming, and touching that I wanted to share it with all of you. So what follows is my conversation with Tan France, Karamo Brown, Anthony Porowski, Bobby Burke, and Jonathan Van Ness, as well as the executive producer, Jennifer Lane, and two of the series' heroes, Tammy and Jess. I hope you enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage editor-in-chief of Entertainment Weekly, Henry Goldblatt. Hello. How amazing was that episode? Yeah, right? I am thrilled to be here tonight to interview the host of one of my favorite TV shows, the Emmy Award-winning Queer Eye. And without further ado, let's bring them out. First up, we got Bobby Burke. Karamo Brown. Tan France. Anthony Porowski. And last but not least, Jonathan Van Ness. Have a seat, guys. I got a lot of booty in that picture. <laughs> Thank you all for being here tonight. Thank Thanks you for having you. you. All right, I'm going to break the number one rule of moderation and make the first question completely all about me. Um, how did I do tonight? Any suggestions? Um, what, what's going on? I think you did perfect. You look great to me. I always <laughs> look for the length on a pant, and it's perfect. Oh, yes. thank you. I will compliment my tailor. And that color is gorgeous on you. I would tell you, in my category, the only thing I would suggest mm-hmm. is you don't need validation from us. Believe in yourself. <laughs> you don't need it. Oh, bravo. You don't bravo. need it. I haven't seen your house yet, so. <laughs> And there's a reason for that. <laughs> um, Bobby, I want to start with you, actually, because um, we probably only see about one-tenth the amount of prep that goes into what you do on this show. And I was wondering, tell us a little bit about the rest of the nine-tenths of prep and what that's like. Oh, yeah. Uh, how many minutes do we have? Okay. Um, so there's a lot of prep that goes into it. You know, we, we really do execute it. I get the house on a Tuesday. We have it back on a Friday. But I have an amazing team that helps me make it happen. Um, my art director was the art director on Extreme Home Makeover Home Edition. So he used to build houses in a week. Heard so of it. So there's like nothing to him. Um, but we, I usually go out a week or so before the other boys. We get a warehouse. I, we literally create our own little store. We start buying tons of stuff that we just like. Um, and fill a warehouse full of stuff. And when I meet the hero, I learn more about them. And I'm like, "Mm, I think they'll like this. And I think they'll like that. And then I have a box truck with shelves on it. And I put all that stuff in there and I park it in front of the house and I have my own little mobile store. And we just start pulling from that as I learn more about the heroes. So in a nutshell. Has there been a a project that's been your most memorable one that sticks out to you? From any of the seasons. (sighs) You know what, honestly, I think Jess. You know, because Jess and I had so much in common from growing up in a very religious family, having a a sister that we thought was our cousin, um, being adopted, leaving home at 15. And so being able to like give her those roots, that was really, really powerful for me. And you did a great job. Um, Also not to just, so sorry. (laughs) Jonathan, he said my power. No, 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 but no, this is me. Sure, you'll like it, it's a compliment. Okay, okay. Um, And I know that this is about season three. But Japan, like the the room, I mean, because you always come to play. You always come to play. You always do the best. But. <laughs> Arigato gozaimasu. Wait, and aesthetically speaking, I have to say, Remy. Yeah. Yeah. You were so excited about that one. That, that's my, that's my group. This is the thing. Group. I've seen many hosts who design homes. You didn't give yourself enough credit of like the amount of work you do. Like we're all there baffled by like how detail oriented you are with every pillow, everything. Coasters. Coasters. There's so many coasters. And then how thoughtful you are about, and this is what I think literally sets you apart from other hosts who do design shows is that you literally are thoughtful about how is going to affect their lives 5, 10, 20 years later, and also their mental health, and I just am always enamored by you with that. You know, one thing that 
people don't realize about our show is our show's a makeover show, but it's actually really not. It, we're, it's a trick. We go in and we use our skills to affect change on the inside of our heroes. And they think they're just gonna get a new house and a new haircut and new food and-, and Which they do. They do. But what we do at the same time is we're helping heal them or change them on the inside. There's also like a lot of like crossover queen. You know, cause like with like for the bathrooms, like it'll be like, I really want like them to have like a cute little like vanity yes, right here. So he gives can, me like, his wish list. Like, yeah, like, and, and you always accommodate. Yeah. And, and I feel like, don't you guys yeah, do that I with do. closet yeah, space yeah, and stuff? Like, well, so there is like a very like, we always I feel like, like communicating to like be like what is like the best gorgeous like day in the life of whoever we're working with and however we can come together to kind of like double team or triple team one of those events is always great. Um, Tan, how about your area? What type of prep work goes into somebody's um, assessing somebody's personal style? Um, well, we send them a questionnaire before we ever meet them, and that just gives me a basic idea of these are the colors that they hate. They hate a skinny jean. They would never be caught dead in a pencil skirt. Their favorite home store is Walmart. Yeah. It's not <laughs> did, a somebody home store. Actually, did somebody actually say that? Literally, like. Get out of town. I would say out of eight episodes, probably six. Y'all stop sleeping on Walmart, okay? No. Chris. <laughs> What y'all talking about? Um, and so, yeah, so, it, so there's a, a bit of prep that goes in a couple of weeks beforehand, and then we start to scope out what store could be appropriate once I've received information about who they are, what their income is, not exactly what their income is, just in a general idea, and what they do for work, um, what they do outside of work, like who they are. And then that helps us decide which store we're going to go to. Um, and then when it actually comes down to the closet, I meet them, and then uh, within two days, we I have a team of people also that will go and pull. And I'm very specific about what I want. I'll say, okay, I want this kind of jean. You? You're not that specific. <laughs> I just kidding. He's very specific. Um, I'd say latex pants are pretty specific. <laughs> they look good, though. Ooh. They deserve their own round of applause. Thanks. <laughs> he said they deserve their own round of applause. <laughs> Okay. Um, so yeah, and then um, we, I figure out what kind of um, thing, uh, what kind of jeans they should be wearing, what kind of clothes are going to work for them, and it's never just about what I think is right. And I hope that you'll see that in the likes of Jess's episode. It would be it would have been so easy for me to say, well, you describe yourself as a, I've got a mint in my mouth. That's why I'm speaking funny. I'm so sorry. But he's also happen. British. That's why he's also speaking funny. Um, <laughs> I just want to I just want to make sure you're I think okay. It's funny. I think it's yeah. cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Beautiful. So, um, so we, uh, with Jess's episode, I, I, I think it's perfectly highlighted that it's not my agenda that I'm pushing forward. Um, she told me that she didn't identify as super feminine or super masculine, and so I gave her options of both, and I gave her the opportunity to choose. I wanted her to feel as free and as comfortable with her closet as physically possible. I don't see it as just, I want to give you pretty clothes. I want to give you a life that makes you feel the way you've always wanted to feel. Um, and so I think that I think that I achieved that with Jess. You yeah. sure did. Yeah. Keep it with everybody. Thanks. You sure did. Thanks. Jody. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, Karamo, I want to turn to you. Um, with something like um, food or grooming, it's pretty obvious what those words mean. Um, the word culture can be a little more amorphous. And I'm wondering, what does culture mean to you? Because if um, any of the other guys were the culture guru, they may have a different definition of it. Yeah. So what does it mean to you, and um, what, do you, what do you believe or try to bring to people's lives? Well, the original culture expert was a Broadway star, and he introduced people to museums and arts, and he's a friend of mine, and it's still exceptional about how he like introduced people to you know, cultural things that they've never seen. For me, I worked in social services before, so it's about talking about the inside, what's going on with your heart and your mind. And for me, culture is just defined about like, how can we have those hard conversations with ourselves and with each other so that you can really grow emotionally and mentally. Because I love the combination of what all we do. Um, and I think that piece of what I do helps the, the, it helps the narrative move because I'm like, we gotta get to the core of this. Like, like come on, we gotta get to figuring out Can what I pick you up on. as well? It would have been so easy for, for Karamo to come in and say, okay, I'm gonna do what was done in the original show and, and do something r relatively simple, and that's no shade to Jay. Yeah. But Karamo spends so much time figuring out what is truly gonna make an impact on this person's life. Without Karamo, like we, I, we all do, yeah, no, you do it, you do it beautifully. And he thinks outside the box. It, sometimes you'd think, oh, well, that's an easy answer. He's not looking for an easy answer. You come up with ideas for every one of our heroes that are so specific and so succinct, you do a beautiful job of it. Thank it's you, not baby. what's popular, it's what's right. Thank you, babies. Ah, I love them! So, um, 
Thank you. Um, yeah, and so that's culture for me is like fixing the hearts and the minds, you know? Um, I, I said it wrong earlier, but I, I, if we were Captain Planet, I would be heart. Like, you know? No, I, I want to be heart. I know. Oh, it's because you look like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. Uh, Jonathan, I want to turn to you. Um, a lot of people get to queer eye and seem to be kind of stuck in their ways, and hair is one particular way that people like go back to a safety zone. So how do you get them out of this comfort zone and have them open up, especially when their camera's rolling? Um, great question. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like what I kind of do is like try to get the feeling that we're on camera like out. And like sometimes it kind of takes like being like, let's just like pop around the corner and just like have a little chat. Like when you like see them like, you know, outside, because <clears throat> really like, you know, obviously on the show, you want to like have all of the moments like on camera, but then sometimes it's like, because it is such a vulnerable moment, and like, I'm like freaked out getting my hair blown dry with no cameras on. So, like, I definitely want to make this person feel comfortable and know that like I'm in it for the long haul, and I want them to like love their hair afterwards. And I'm like not gonna be literally gone in five days. Like, you can like hit me up and ask me what you should be using. So it's really just like kind of going out of my way to get them super duper comfortable. And if I can have a moment to establish that trust and work on that trust kind of beforehand, because, like. I just, I think that's part of the beauty of Queer Eye is that like we aren't, no shade to unscripted television of like all, um, but um, <laughs> we're not like trying to do something that's like sensationalizing and getting like a negative headline and getting like, we really are trying to like get to what is going on with who we're working with. Um, so anytime I can do that and, uh, you know, take the edge off of like, we're not here to like make you look some kind of way. And like, I, we really want to help you. I want to like, what is going on with this hair? You know, the, you know, the key thing that he says that I just want to give us all a little pat on the back is like really helping our heroes understand that they can trust us. And I think that um, it's, you know, like you said, no shade to any other unscripted shows. Some just come in and say, well, the camera's here, let's go. And we're like, no, when the camera's off, we still want to get to know you. We want, still want to support you. For us, the job of helping our heroes doesn't start and stop when the camera's on. It goes throughout. And even after the camera's off, we still continue the conversations with our heroes, even to this day. Like, we don't see a hero and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't talked to you in six months. We see our heroes and they're like, thank you for calling me last week, you know, or thank you for giving me advice, thank you for helping me. Um, Jess and Jonathan just went to um, the GLAAD Awards in New York, and that was something that was special because here she is, she's never been to anything like that, and Jonathan didn't have to take her, it wasn't for publicity, it was about giving this young woman the opportunity to feel powerful and strong and be surrounded by a community that loves her. And also that's where the do a shape up. We had to do like a quick little baby shape up. <laughs> yeah, again, again. it still continues on. I, I, I think we went in to this whole situation. We went into this whole situation to make a show about helping people. And we quickly realized we're helping people and there just happens to be a show coming on. You know, we're not there to get the crazy scenes. We try to make sure that our heroes forget the cameras there because their experience is the most important part to us. That they really have a true, true connection and a true breakthrough. If there is a moment where something is said that is phenomenal and it's not caught on camera, it's not like, oh, can you say that again? Because it takes them out of it. And then they're like, oh, I'm on a show. And they close back up again. So there are moments that have been had that have been amazing, and it didn't get the audio wasn't right, the camera wasn't right. You guys gonna miss it, unfortunately. But we aren't ones to be like, oh, say it again. We're breaking a show. We really are there to help them. And I want to just reiterate one thing that Karamo mentioned is like when the cameras stop rolling, that interaction continues. We have to remember, like these are real people who are opening up their homes to complete strangers, not just the five of us, but an entire production crew. And they share things with us that they've never been comfortable sharing with anybody else. And we have a responsibility to honor that and make sure that they have the most incredible experience ever in such a short amount of time. And we can change all of these superficial things, which are very important, but we want them to take these and implement them into their lives later on. And every single one does. Well, Anthony, that brings up something I want to ask you, which is you bring, do such a good job of making people feel comfortable in the kitchen who have never stepped foot into a kitchen. And even just looking at Jess, who was addicted to ramen noodles, and that was all she knew how to do. Um, where do you get your recipes and your inspiration from? First of all, I'd like to say that I learn a lot as well, because I tried dry 
25 cent ramen for the first time, and it was friggin' delicious. And it's really good crunchy, you don't even have to put boiling Where water in it. Where have you been living? It's the best. Maybe we didn't have it in Canada. I'm sure we had it in Canada. Um, I'm sorry, what was your question? I got distracted by the ramen. How are you so amazing at what you do? Where do you get, where do you get your inspiration and your recipes and all that type of stuff? Um, as somebody who's self-taught, I think I'm just, I have a really passionate curiosity for all things relating and pertaining to food. But with the heroes, I can't go in with an idea of what it is that I want to do. I also have like my little cheat sheet of questions that I ask, like so that I have some kind of direction. Is health and wellness important to you? For some people, they have zero cares about food. So then that's, this is going back to season one, but with, um, with Corey, with uh, Corey, the cop, last name, please. Waldrop. Waldrop. Um, sounds like gumdrop. I always usually remember that way. Anyway, that was, I'm not sure why I shared that. Um, but with Corey, he didn't seem to have an interest in food per se, but this was a man who, for him, religion was so important. He had a giant cross in his dining room. The idea of the Sunday dinner, of coming together, Sunday dinner, I just thought of Mama Tammy. Um, and yet he was eating in his basement while his wife and his daughters were eating upstairs. So he maybe didn't care about food, but his reason for it was there. And everybody has that reason. Every single one of us has that, that sort of need to connect. So I go in with whatever it is that I know, and plenty of times I'm trying things out for the first time ever, and I've never even made it before. I don't know anything, never pretended to. I'm a home cook, I'm figuring it out as I go along, just like our heroes, and just like all of us. And then sometimes I'll come in and, you know, and then I learn something about the hero, and then I go and I aggressively search YouTube, head on to Whole Foods or whatever grocery store, and test these things out and figure out how I can be best of service to the hero at any given point. That's very cool. Um, Karamo, um, I, um, I want to ask you this. Um, as a host, um, when do you feel that it's most important to share your own history? Um, you and, especially in seasons um, two and three, I, um, there's some memorable episodes that you and, you and Bobby both do, and versus maintaining your privacy. Like, where do you sort of draw the line? Like, I'm hosting, I need to make this person comfortable, but on the other hand, like, I live a life that's off screen as well. Um, for us and what the show we do and for the type of host we are, I think it's important to always share your truth because that's where true connection comes from. I think that's why right now as a country we feel so divided, as a culture we feel divided because we're scared to share with someone else, I feel the same way you feel. I mean, you know, so many of us in here, if I was to ask you to raise your hand, I'm not going to, said how many of you have felt um, not confident? How many of you have felt... <laughs> How many of you have felt scared at some point? How many of you have felt really happy like you knew you were gonna accomplish something you wanted? You know what I mean? Like all of us have the same feelings. And do that thing where you just where you where turn you to your neighbor repeat, and yep. do that one thing where yep. you turn to your neighbor. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it later. Um, look to your neighbor and see. I beautifully So the thing is, I think it's important that you always I think it's important that you we always share our truth. I mean, especially for me in my category, because I have to get them to to dive deep in their emotions more than these guys quickly. You know, that's why we see the tears coming usually with me is because I'm like, I'm like, come on, we gotta go deep. And the only way that I can get people to go that deep is um, first of all, making sure that I'm not triggering them, making sure that I'm asking very poignant questions that are going to help them to have the growth and closure that they need, but also helping them to understand that their challenges are not um, just theirs. That I've been through the same thing, Bobby's been through it, Tan's been through it, Anthony's been through it, and Jonathan's been through it. And so hopefully by hearing that, they say it helps them in their progress. Well, I know it does. It helps them to feel like I can overcome anything that's faced in front of me. I, I think that's the beauty of our show. Uh, us as hosts, we are also open with our heroes. And I think uh, that's why the audience connects globally, the audience connects so strongly, is because I don't, rem I don't know of a show where the hosts have been so open and vulnerable and, and it, every one of us has our individual episodes where we really show that. But everyone in season one, two and three and we're getting more and more comfortable with that where we share something of ourselves that I don't think we ever expected to share but we, just, we know just how important that is, that is for the hero's growth. Uh, and what that will mean to maybe not even that hero, just people who are watching the show uh, in other countries, in other cultures who may have never felt seen before. Just that one nugget of information from us being so vulnerable and open can truly change the way they view themselves and not feel alone.
Well, I think that's an important point to point out that um, you're, not, you're not just a cast, you are hosts. You are making these people feel comfortable at home. And Jonathan, to you, how do you feel your hosting style has changed from season one? He shakes his head less. <laughs> I do shake my head a little less. Um, I, and you're three inches taller. I am three inches taller. I feel sexier than ever. Yes, you are. Wow. Yeah. Um, I don't know totally how much has changed. I think that I definitely have like learned to not talk so much. Um, literally, like I. No, it's true. And no, because I mean, really, I think coming into this, I was very used to like. Um, being someone who like kind of would like jump in when there was a slow moment and not to like be whatever, but like I was a little more comfortable on camera at the beginning than. So um, now you guys are so talkative and chatty. And um, so now I just, it's kind of about like getting in like where I fit in and not like learning to let you guys shine and learning to let you guys have your moments and not need to come in and not need to. I, I, and I think we're comfortable enough with each other that we can have those silences now. Yeah. And, and still. I, I was gonna say, I, I agree with you 100%. That's amazing growth because you are so full of life and your humor and you're, the way that you connect with your personal story is so extremely profound and I personally am usually on the other side of like where I'm like okay let me dig deep and I'm, I'm not as like that vivacious and what I've seen you is you always love more silent moments now I, I actually agree with you and ver vice versa you've given me the courage and my hosting skills to be more funny and try different new things and I think we've all blended in that way of seeing that um, so I, I'm just giving you a compliment. I think. Thank you. Yeah. I have to say though, like watching your all scenes. This is a big love fest up here. This is what we do in our own time. We're always like, I, I love you. You guys are right here. Sorry. You're good. But it really is incredible to see how much more. Like I think Karamo is a perfect example of somebody who's gotten no exaggeration, 10 times funnier. 10 in, times yes. funnier. Do you remember because season a, one? He in, wasn't funny. In a good way, I really feel like, no, yeah, like season three, he's he was the dad. I had to you bring the tears dad. I couldn't laugh. You can't laugh with tears. Yes, you, you can. You're the funny dad. Yeah. Not funny dad? Yeah, but you I are. I really think that we've gotten more, I think the stakes have gotten, you know, higher and there are other, you know, pressure of like more and more eyes. But I think we've gotten so much more comfortable in our own verticals and one thing that I'm really ex like love that we continue to do is constantly have conversations before every single scene. If I'm coming in and Tan is taking over and taking our hero to a store, I let him know how it went. If it was a really emotional scene, Tan knows that he's gonna have to bring a little bit of levity because it's, we want our heroes to go through a journey. We, we don't want them to cry every single moment of every single day. Yeah. As cathartic as it may be, that's not our job. Like, no, th that's really too. true. Like when you, in one of the episodes, Rob Elrod, he was in season three, he was the father who's, um, was his wife died. They know. Okay, you all know, know right? Heard the, I don't know. We don't make assumptions. So I, I just remember that one. Um, Bobby had called me and said, because my field trip was right after his, and was like, listen, um, he just had a moment where he saw stuff when we were unpacking the house. He got really emotional. He was like, Listen, go, easy on, go easy on him. And so like, I went with him and I'm like, where usually it would have been the opposite. I was like, let's have fun, let's sing, let's play guitar. Because I was like, I'm not about to take you back there. You've had the emotional growth that you needed right then and there. So we're not gonna re-trigger you for an episode. We're going to help you to now start to see how you can build on that. And that was like a prime example. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to do a bit of a lightning round right now. So, um, Bobby, I'm going to start with you. We're going to go down the row. I'm going to ask a question, like three to five words answered. Oh, we're not very good at that. We're <laughs> we'll really give it a try. Really we'll give it a go. All right. Good luck. Um, best piece of advice that you've received in your respective fields? Oh, um, I'm sorry. Say it again. I was, I was talking to Jonathan while you were asking a question. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. You're so much trouble. No, best <laughs> piece of advice that you've received in your respective fields? Trust your instincts. Um, setting boundaries is okay. Uh, learn as much as possible and do as much as physically possible in your field. Don't be pretentious. And that was by Ted Allen when I told him that I was going to supreme grapefruits in episode two. <laughs> That's much more than three words, I'm sorry. Don't read the comments. <laughs> All right, next question. Bobby, we're going to come back to you. Um, who's the best driver and the worst driver? Oh. I'm so... I'm sick of this question. <laughs> I'm so Actually, grand. Jonathan, I was gonna say Tan. Fuck you! Thank you. Hey, hey, Tan. People. Children. children. Possibly. Are there children baby. in the crowd? No, fuck you. <laughs> I, I, I think we 
all saw the amount of curb checks that I am went on foreign. when I was driving. I Three am five words. foreign. Oh, oh, oh! You do, they drive, not, do they not have cars in jolly you, old England? You tried driving on the wrong side of the road. I have. I have. I've been in Utah for, for like 12 weeks. years. I was good. Wait, uh, wait. No, so best driver. The wrong. I'm going to have to say, I think it's, it's crumb or me. Yeah, yes. one of us. And you're we're definitely the, not to blow your Wait, cover, but you're definitely the angriest driver. Well, the angriest hey, driver. but you know who gets us there on time? <laughs> Me! Guys, yeah. Anthony Wait, announced yeah, the other story. I don't, I don't speak a lot, but when I do, it's really important. When we came, not, not true. Um, <laughs> when we got to Kansas City and the first night that we were there, Tan and I wanted to go find pizza or Indian or Mexican. I forget Indian, what kind of Indian, food it was. Indian. It was Indian. And then we were driving and then we went by and this woman drove by us and then we realized for about half a mile we were driving the wrong direction. And Tan was I, driving I had the wrong way down a one I saw the whites in her Let me tell you this, let me tell you this. this I had the audacity to yell and be like, what? Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 this is my favorite part. As we were driving down the street, I was like, that's weird, there were no red, red lights on the street at all. And I disagreed. He just said the F word. Come on, you, like, yeah. That is shocking. Yeah. We almost had never said that story. We were so close to getting It's not that shocking. Tan, you, you're not And, these, and these same people, these same people have had the audacity and press and round after press that round. You were I yes. am the worst driver. But Bobby and I never have said. So, but I have to say, Johnny, Johnny, in season one and two, you were. I was a great driver. Season three, your driving got so much better. And mine got so much worse. No, I just really disagree. I've always been a very fierce driver. Yeah, scary fierce. Oh my gosh, wait! And the thing wait. that brings up the bad mind. Wait, wait, drive. wait, how have you not said about that he's There's the worst? No, because he never drives. Because he doesn't drive. He, yeah. visited, he actually can't drive. You don't drive. know me. <laughs> I can be okay, a very good driver. Okay, last question on the lightning round. Okay. Last time you cried when filming? The last time we filmed. <laughs> Mine was Rob Elrod. I've never cried that hard in my entire life. My, oh, mine was J Japan. <laughs> oh, yeah. I cried harder on Rob, but yes, that was that, too. Uh, Rama? Uh, what a sad fucking oh, question I, to end the oh, lightning oh, round on. <laughs> uh, the only time I ever cried was, like, had a real long cry was, um, um, I Shannon you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I had to get up. You guys remember William Aiken? I had to get up and leave when we were shooting because I was crying so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, I, it was really hard because I was like, I want to get engaged, and I don't know if my fiancé wants it. Oh, my God, you were going that. through he that was baby going phase. Through oh, my so God, I was going through it. Hard. I was like, oh, I want the baby, God. I want the engagement. Now I'm engaged. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Thank God, Andy, because that baby face was driving me insane. <laughs> <laughs> he being a ringer. Jonathan can be the only baby in the family. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But although, this is crazy. Aren't we like all the youngest in our families? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. We're all that, the youngest. Isn't that insane? When you think about it, we're literally all the youngest. I don't know why I said it so smugly, but it's kind of weird. Isn't yeah. it kind of interesting? I think it's kind of interesting. Also, 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 this is also crazy. It's about me, though, so sorry, but it's true. But it, it's, it's sad, but it's happy, but it's true, but it's, I, if there's a mathematician here, I'm dying to figure out what these chances are. Both my grandmas, both my fucking grandmas, this really is sad, but it's interesting. Both my grandmas died on their youngest grandchild's birthday, and there was like five on one side and six on the other. Like, what are the fucking chances? Think about that. Like, both my grandmas died on their youngest grandchild's birthdays. How did you find that out? Because I know my, my birthday, and I know yeah, my no, 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 no. So my mom's mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. He gets lost a lot, directions are not his thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I didn't mean to say it like rude, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I just say things that I should think about them sometimes before they leave my mouth and then I can't take them back. It's okay. All right, it guys, happens. I hate to break up this genealogy lesson, but we have some super, super special guests. Yes! Oh my God, oh, the best guests We have the best ever. guests coming out. We've got their chairs first and then yeah. we'll bring out the Oh my, guests. the best guests ever. You guys are gonna freak out. Do you want to finish when you cry? Oh, yay, the clock just reset to a big number again. We have a clock counting us down right here. Yay. And it went to zero and I was sad. But so let's now start with a slow clap. Right, just like. <laughs> kidding, I was totally kidding. <laughs> but go, 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 I like it, I like it, I like it. Announce All right, let's bring out our guest. Our first guest is um, from season two, Tammy Hicks. <laughs> Oh, this is the third chair. Guest number two is from season three, the episode you just watched, Jess Gilbo. Yeah. 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 
special guest is Jennifer Landy, EP and show. Jess, I want to start with you. You look, you look beautiful and amazing. Thank um, you. We, we just watched your episode. It was incredibly inspiring. I'm, I was wondering what pieces of advice from the Fab Five have you turned to the most in the months since you filmed this? Well, they all taught me to just love myself. They're like, you're a beautiful queen. Like literally like from when they first met me and they were in my house and I didn't know they were in my house. Um, <laughs> um, even from that moment, they're like, you have a beautiful smile and oh my gosh, your eyes and oh my gosh, you're amazing. And you're like, it's, you love yourself, you're beautiful. And um, I think it took me like a second and, and spending time with these, these beautiful, amazing people um, to realize that I wasn't loving myself and, and I, I didn't at the time. And um, that's literally where it starts, is to be like, wow, I'm amazing, I deserve love and, and I deserve to get that love for myself first before I seek it from anyone else, so. Oh, she listened. And Jeff, how has your, your life changed since this episode aired? Um, are you recognized a lot? Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I have really big eyes. <laughs> so it's really big, like easy to pick me out in public. So like everyone's like, oh my God, is that, are you? Like, I have a question for you. That's what they always, they're always like, I have a question. Were you on Queer Eye? And I'm like, Yes, <laughs> and then yeah, but that's that's been like the like most obvious change. Um, but my life since then has just been it's been wild. Um, it's been just wacky uh, to like see how many people um, are affected by my story because I'm like okay, I'm a queer black like I'm a queer black uh, person and, and and also like I'm an adoptee and also I have like all these intersecting identities. So obviously like people who identify the same like as me are gonna identify with my episode. But I didn't think that like people who maybe have lost their parents at a young age also identify with my episode, or people who've had to choose their family because their family wasn't there for them when they needed them the most also identify with my episode. People, you know, it's just so much. Um, everyone does from all around the world, and that has changed my perception of people, anyone that I like approach in my life. I'm like, wow, okay, <laughs> you're different, and, and everyone's different. Everyone has their story. Um, which is really cool, so. That's great. Um, let's have a round of applause for Mama Tammy, please. Um, Tammy, can you update us a little bit on your life since the episode? Most importantly, how is your health? Oh, wonderful. Um, since the show, and I'll end, they call me the mother to the world right now. And, <laughs> and I'm proud to say, Thank God, I'm six years cancer-free. Yes, and I find myself, you know, in the, my episode, and I talked about, you know, everything we go through is for the betterment of humanity, even the, the cancer. You know, I feel like it had a purpose at that particular time because, you know, right now as I was going through it, and at first it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it was all like, no, poor me. And then I had a conversation with God, and he made me realize that I was going through that, you know, for the benefit of other people who were going through it at the time. Because it's one thing for somebody who doesn't have cancer to look at you and say, you're going to be okay. I'm praying for you, you're gonna be okay. But it's another thing that somebody who has the same affliction as you look at you and say, we can make it, we can do this. And so my health, thank God, and you know, he's kept me healthy and so that you know, I can continue to put into the lives of others. So it's great. great. All right, let's get down to brass tacks. Um, how is the state of your bathroom right now and how's the state of Miles? It better be clean. <laughs> yes. Um, my bathroom, that's my sanctuary, and it is wonderful. My closet. Yes, yes. 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 Look how fierce you look. That Instagram, this self-care on this Instagram right here has me swollen with pride all the time, yes. honey. You are, she... You need to follow her Instagram. Honey. She's she's bringing the heat with the self with the self care. We're loving. I'm a Tammy yes. with an E at the end. Yes, yes. You tell you. Yes, and that's one of the things that you know my boys here taught me that you know I have to take care of myself in order to be there for others, to take care of others. So self care is very important, 
And my bathroom is awesome. And every time I look at it, I think queer eye, if I could just keep my 18-year-old out of my tub, you know? <laughs> well, girl, and, before it was just filled with clothes, so. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And also, Miles, you would be very proud of Miles. You know, his room, it, you know, and his conversations with Karamo. And he figured out a lot of things that, you know, it was external, th you know, internal things going on. And it was affecting the external. So he keeps his room clean. Every now and then, I have to look at him. Is your room clean? Yes, ma'am. And I'll go up there, and I'll see something out of order. I say, now, do you want me to call the boys? He's like, no, 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 mama. No, mama. I got it. <laughs> Still better than before, where his clothes were literally on the staircase going up to his room. Didn't even. That's right. Uh, he made a trail from the door to his room. Can I tell you something? This is what I, I also love about our show and our executive producer, Jen, here, who's so amazing. She allows us to explore outside of just our hero. Like, Mama Tammy and Miles are a clear example where Jen was like, yeah, take the story outside. If, if it's also going to be about Miles, you know, and like, you give us the courage to not feel like we have to be in a box of just saying like, this is the one person we're helping, we can't do anything else. So Jen, I just wanna say thank you to you for giving us the courage to know that if we see other people in the, our heroes' lives that need our assistance as well, that we can go and help them as well. So thank you for that. I also wanna give it up because our show is, it's, we're nothing as host without the people behind us. Oh, amen. And our show is run by Jen Lane and Rachel Mendez as co-producers, we are women-led, and that is the reason why our, our show has the heart and the love that it does, because it comes from, we call her mama too. It comes, it comes from mama. You know, it's funny, because I was, when you were saying, what is the one phrase you learned about your craft that has carried you through it? I think mine was, um, want what you get, not what you want. And I love it. It's about documentaries. And reality TV skews oftentimes towards the opposite end, which is, I'm gonna make sure there's an act break right Isn't now. It Isn't it good? And I think, you know, I, I'm rooted in, you know, the French New Wave and cinema verite and dogma, which was never to tell anybody where to go or what to be. And I, I hope to nurture an atmosphere where this amazingly talented crew of hosts can come in and put their own selves into it without too much infiltration. Because with that, with, when you try to infiltrate your own wishes into something so magical, you end up ruining the soup. But the reason why I think we, we do thrive is because we know that we've always got your hand on our back and you're always there supporting us. Namaste. <laughs> Jen, we are, um, we're on stage with two incredible women, and I was wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about how you screen, um, how you screen your heroes, what makes somebody stand out, and, so, and how you approach them. So what's the process behind the scenes? Can we say vulnerability, please? <laughs> yes. Without it, you, you're not ready for change. <laughs> So when we're screening our heroes, this, the number one thing is willingness to change because we don't want to come in. We're not trying to force someone out of the way of who they want to be. But what we, I always say, and there's a book, I think it's on the New York Times bestseller, but I can't be sure, but I read about it somewhere, which is about nudging. Just nudge. Oh, and, I, and I always try to make sure that the Fab Five know that we don't expect anything from this. Just Turn those shoulders in the right direction. They'll do the walking, you know? We don't have to do more than that. And, I, and so I'm very interested in keeping the, the least hand I can in the, in the scenes, yeah. To, so that these guys can make them their own and um, be as personally invested in each and every hero and every time they see that person more so than it could be if it was orchestrated, frankly. But the only reason that we're able to move with such freedom and to just do that gentle nudge is because of the sense of security that you give us when we're on set to be able to do that every single day that we're there. Thank you. And can I just add to that too, one more thing. You know, these, these guys you see up here, Jan, everybody, the queer eye, 
it's they add when they come to the hero's house it's a sense of peace and comfort and you 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 know you feel free you know to be transparent you know and and realizing that when you're transparent other people can see themselves you know in you so and and also in the complexity of the shows i mean it reaches people on different levels and i would just like to say because in saying that the show that the Mama Tammy episode, I've heard from thousands of people from around the world, and everybody talks differently about how the show affected them, and it was positive. So I just want to thank you guys for your transparency, and then we feel comfortable to share. You give us that place of peace. Right, did you see how much I cried? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Tan, we are sitting here with two women who have obviously taken all of your advice to heart, and. Um, all five of your advices to heart and um, improve their lives. What happens on the episodes where you go reconnect with someone and they've slipped back to old ways and they haven't quite taken the advice to heart? How, how much do you get re-involved with them? We haven't really had that, thankfully. Um, I, 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 I think the reason why we don't have that is because, uh, going back to what I mentioned earlier, it's never... Um, something that we're forcing on them, we're not making them, uh, we're not making them over, we're making them better. We, we're, we're all trying to do something that is the best for them, and I think it's a mutually agreed upon um, make better. We really do try to get to know them as much as physically possible before we even start to make these changes. And everything that we do, we do with them in mind. And so by the time we leave, I, I can't imagine a world where they'd revert back to their old ways because they'd, be, they'd see the beauty of what has been created within that week and what could be going forward. And so I, I don't think we've ever experienced that personally. No, no. I throw out all their stuff, so they can't. <laughs> <laughs> but really a big key of it is in our hosting style is we make sure that what we're teaching them is digestible. Mm. You know, and I think that's why it also resonates with the audience is because we're not giving you big, complex um, ideas of do this or do that. It's very simple and you can hold on to it. And I think that's just elementary teaching. Mm -hmm. You know, the reason that children learn the alphabet and learn one plus one is because it's simple. And so the reason our heroes don't go back is part of that. You know, we're not saying, you know, Bobby does throw out all their stuff. So once you don't have your stuff, you got to yeah. keep your new stuff. <laughs> but like, you know, the internal messages I'm giving them to hold on to are similar to like what I did with um, Jess. It was a very simple mantra just to say every day, you're a strong, black, yeah. powerful woman. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it wasn't anything that was rocket science. But if she was going to feel the confidence in herself and know that she was worth of that love, she needed that. Yeah. And then same thing with you with their, her fashion. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine after the conversation you and I, Jess, had uh, where you'd think, okay, I want to go back to hiding who I truly am. I didn't do a lot, quite honestly. All I said was, or we, all we tried to figure out was, how can you best... Um, dress in a way that makes you feel like the person you desperately want to be um, and not hide from yourself anymore and so it wasn't like I was saying you must wear this, you must wear that I gave her options so she got to explore her own personality um, and so that's why Jess can wear whatever she wants from now as long as she's feeling good about herself and I see that on her Instagram, she's feeling herself more than most people <laughs> and that's the way I want it that's yeah. the way I want it Like I, it, yeah. it brings me so much joy because it was never a case of well you can't wear white after blah 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 like, that, none of that, yeah. that, all of that's bullshit, I just want her to I just want our heroes to feel except like except cargo shorts, you still never let anybody wear cargo no. shorts do not wear cargo Enjoy. shorts, do not wear cargo shorts <laughs> but other than but, that, but even all my flip but even but even right. with like Anthony and Jonathan, like I remember season one, we all got defensive. He never did, but we get defensive when people be like, he's not cooking. And we were like, you have to understand the, the skill of what he did so well is that if this person's never been in the kitchen, you can't teach them how to cook a lobster. You have to start them off with something where they can get into the kitchen and feel comfortable with it. And it became like this joke with the avocado, but that's something that's, seriously, but it was like, it's nutritious. It, it was accessible. It's anyone- He didn't know what the inside of an avocado looked he like. He didn't know it. And, and so like, for us, it's like, it's, it's, um, it's a very sneaky, but effective hosting um, technique of making sure that our heroes are not going to fail. We're setting them up to win in all spaces. Look at Jess um, with how Jonathan did her hair. This was something where it was like, she's keeping this up. You know what I mean? I see you on social media and you always look good. You know what I mean? And that's part of like, <laughs> yeah. That's part of like, but it goes back to what Lena was saying about just those gentle little Nudges. shifts because it's about the sustainability of this after we leave. 
It's like if you have a pick on a certain type of diet, most people don't stick to certain diets because it's not sustainable. Like celery juice is total bullshit because you're missing out on all the fiber. So throw it in a blender. That's all. But I do. I think that you know there have definitely been. <laughs> <laughs> yes, celery. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I love you. Um, I was just like trying to like. I like had a thought. I was like, oh my god, it's gonna go away. And then I realized that I like wasn't really listening to you, and that was rude. So, but yeah, celery. It's amazing. And I love it, and I love you more. Um, but I do think I said that it was bad. Been... But anyway, so you clearly weren't paying something about celery and fiber juice. Fine, go ahead. I do think something's interesting about our heroes and like once the series... Celery juice is not good. You miss the fiber. So, oh, because put, you, so just do all of so it. So do all of, it. all of it. Yeah, there move you on. go. Put it in your Vitamix. <laughs> We've it. moved on. Let's move on from celery. So, but I do think what's been interesting to see after the seasons come out is like there are, you know, people that get into doing Queer Eye, they like are, they've looking, they're looking for help. They've asked for help. They're looking for it. But I, there are certain episodes that tend to resonate with more people and it's been interesting to see how the heroes post the show have continued to affect change and make, like, reach out to people and reach people and continue to grow. Like, Neil Reddy, for instance. Like, he is someone who is, like, his comedy game is, like, blowing up. He is, like, I always see him in the salon getting his hair cut really, really cute. Rob Elrod is on Instagram, and he's, like, just the cutest, and I am always, like, he just, like, posted really cute haircuts. He's going back to Buffalo, Maine, honey. Like, there are certain people that, like, are wanting to kind of continue with it more publicly, and then I think there's other heroes that, like, you know, want to continue with their journey more privately, and I think that no matter how you experience the show post-show, it's, like, Everything that we have said was true is like like we're trying to do little nudges and we're trying to do sustainable things, but it has been so amazing to see Skylar like continuing to affect change and continuing to grow and, and help people and to see you guys do what you have done and to see the Jones sisters do what they have done. There are people I that love are that barbecue sauce. Yes. And that has just been really amazing to see heroes have this exposure and want to step into this platform and, and keep spreading love and keep, you know, building themselves past anything that we could have ever done for them. And I think that is incredible. But I also think to expect that of like every single person that is going to have uh, be on the show and if they're going to want to be so public about their journeys post show, I don't know if that's going to happen. But to see the people that have done it, it has been so moving. That's, that deserves a round of applause. <laughs> Jess, uh, Jess, off that, have you? What's an example of a way that you found yourself being able to pay it forward to maybe your friends or people in your community because you've had this experience? Um, I think just by, honestly, like in a lot of ways, a lot of ways. But like, first and foremost, just being myself and kind of redefining um, how how queer women see themselves. Like, soft butch was a term that like. Hello. <laughs> yes! <laughs> like, Sawbush was a term that I kind of like played around as like chapstick lesbian, like in the middle, right? And, and you think about, you're like, okay, like you have like super femme and you have super butch, but like what's in the middle? Like, what does she look like? And she looks like whatever you want it to look like. And it's beautiful and amazing. Um, and so like, like being able to speak to that and like not def like like change the definition or change how people perceive like people of color, women of color, like queer women of color. Like it's so fun to like poke at people. Um, like I did some like heel tutorials. I'm still working on it. Yes, I did fall today. Um, yes, I, I, I saw but, you putting those heels up on the chairs in the living room. <laughs> Don't do that again. It's her sofa. Sorry. Uh, but like I've. Walking in heels is something that I never thought I would do because I'm like, I'm queer, like what? I don't wear heels. Um, but like doing that is like pushing the boundary. <laughs> this is one of those opportunities just where he I'm a lesbian, like I'm a, whatever. Anyways, like boxes and boundaries like defined Very me for common. a while and I was like, please, I feel fierce in heels. I'm gonna wear heels. Yeah. Uh, so like, just doing things like that, it's so fun. Cause like people respond so positively and they're like, yes, I'm gonna wear heels now. And I'm like, good. Like, tell me how you don't fall, teach me. Uh, <laughs> but like doing things like that is the most fun thing because it like, it doesn't take a lot. It's just about me like pushing myself outside of my boundaries and people responding so positively, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I live for this girl. Let me tell you, her body language is so different than we I met her. Know. Like I she's know. just growing into such a beautiful. It's like yeah. she's like yes, like the show. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a 
are you? Oh my gosh. Are you dating yet? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Are you dating? Don't ask dating? Hey. Don't ask about the woman's face. You know, you, you know that she really She's is. Salad. Jess really is the perfect example of uh, what I show. Rep- oh, she said yes, she is. <laughs> if she feels like talking about it someday, honey, she can talk about it. She can talk about it. Okay. But if she doesn't, but <laughs> from personal experience, honey, you shouldn't. No. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk about it. <laughs> um, Say no. Say, say no. Tam, Tammy, I've learned in the last year, honey. Don't talk about your private life on the yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think her. you had a question for Mama Tammy. I did have a question for Mama Tammy. You were already so, you came from sort of the opposite end where you were already so active in your community. Um, has this experience re-energized you to give more? Or what, how have you sort of balanced what you can give versus taking, as you talked about earlier, taking care of yourself? Yes, and also as a result of the show, the community center is up and running. Yes, yes. Um, And we're serving children from the community that otherwise would not be able to afford, you know, after school tutoring and all. And the way I'm able to pay it forward is people see my example and then we have people just volunteering like crazy. You know, it started a ripple effect. And so it's like, it's just multiplying. It's coming from everywhere, the volunteers, the children. And so, but yes, I'm able to continue because it's only one of me, but people see it's like, it started a spark in the community, like we can do this. And so, and even the elderly, they come out, they, they volunteer to, the ones that still drive, they bring children, you know, that don't have a ride. Okay, so uh, food, they bring food. And also, it's like me, I'm multiplying, you know, since the show. That's incredible. Yes. Um, most, import- mo- most importantly, um, your son, Miles, is an amazing singer. When is he going to audition for American Idol? I've been asking him that. <laughs> I have been asking him that. He's very, still very involved in our song, The Chorus. Yes, that he was. You know, he'd make it through that audition round, though. He would definitely get on camera with your episode, honey. We got to get him on camera. He's singing. Yeah, he's, he's still singing. That's terrific. He got that little bit. Um, Jen, what's so wonderful about this show, and we've talked about it a bit tonight, is that it continues to evolve um, through season three. Season one was very, very different than season three. And, um, you're tackling issues like. Um, tackling issues from mental health and gun control. And I'm wondering how you sort of continue to evolve the show as it moves on and build on the, um, build on the series that um, David Collins created for today's audiences. Well, our first mission is to make sure that we're not afraid of anything. Because we know we're walking a, a, a razor's edge and we talk about it a lot, which just means stay straight and narrow. I'm a PBS girl. I, I, I like honest journalism, which means that anybody should watch the show and feel themselves represented, and feel that their story is well told, and that they're proud of, of how they were represented. And I go into the production in that way, and that, that, that includes how we choose our heroes, which is to make sure that these are stories that maybe need to be told that aren't quite as familiar as, as the ones we're used to seeing. Can I just um, say something, just for you, I, I'm going to take my turn now, of just really praising what you do. So when I started doing stuff on camera, I, like, I had been on a lot of sets as a hairdresser. I'd moved to LA in 2009. I'd been on plenty of sets. I've seen a lot of shows that were reoccurring in the same place. It's shot on the same soundstage. And being a showrunner, as we all know in this room, is very difficult. And to ascend to that position in any company is difficult. And it's, it's, a, it's a great job. It's hard to do. What Jen Lane does in an episode of Queer Eye, we are, she is in three, four locations a day. It is different every single week. The amount of moving parts and the amount of coordination that she does, it makes it look so seamless to create what you guys watch up there and look how she looks here, just calm, cool, ready to go. It is a force of nature because she has done so much work. I mean, truly, you have steered so much work, and, and not only is it difficult, and you're, yes, you're a PBS code, and you're walking razor's edge, but like, that is just an ungodly mm-hmm. amount of coordination. I've never seen a show, yeah. and I've not been on every single show, but like, wow. Yeah. Okay. It is I, a I, huge I, amount of work what you I do. I also have something to say. Uh, thank you. 
Now, but really, we cannot leave on, on me. I want to say this one thing that is, what is on the editing room Wait, floor? No, I'm sorry, I'm going to end on do you. Do not cut I'm Mama sorry, Bear. I'm sorry, I love you. You know I have nothing but respect for you. However, I, I back handsprings in that yeah. dance studio's on I do want to make something floor. clear. Look, I actually want to make, make something clear to, to you all. When you watch the show, I know much. that we have... Sh- I know that we have ITV, we have Scout, we have Netflix who are, are incredible at, at producing a show, but the reason you get this version of Queer Eye that I, I truly do think is incredible and we're very proud is because of her. So when you watch the show, yes, we do what we do, but we wouldn't, be, we wouldn't have the most beautiful show if it wasn't Jen. This is Jen's vision. She decides what scenes get done. She decides how they go. She gives us the freedom to do what we do. The reason why Queer Eye is what you see at home is truly because of one person, in my opinion. No shade to any of you, you know, I think you're all incredible, you're incredibly talented, but if it didn't start with Jen on that set every fucking day, working her ass off, and you'll see her crying in the corner during scenes she's so invested, it's because of this lady right here. Well, that's nice, but of course, I must say, what a team we have, right? What a team. All right, we've got time for a couple of audience questions. Um, you all wrote down some questions, and if, it's, if I happen to read your question, you feel free to scream and raise your hand and say hello. Um, Bobby, this will go to you. Um, you help people grow emotionally every episode. What has changed for you in your journey? Hey. Um, what has changed for me in my journey? Um, I think just being more open and communicative and learning to say no, learning to ask for help. Um, I've always been the type of person, I've, I've done it on my own since I was 15, I don't need no help, I'll just make it happen, but I've learned I do need help, and it's okay to ask for help, and my brothers have really been there for me and taught me that. Anthony, how about you? Oh, I love you. That was really sweet. Um, I think I went in with, I was incredibly self-conscious and like my imposter syndrome was like a blaring red flash every single day for, um, <clears throat> for probably like the first season. And the things that I was most uncomfortable about or most embarrassed about were like my sensitive side, for example, because it's something that wasn't necessarily encouraged when I was a little boy growing up and I was always crying all the time at everything and I didn't understand why. And then what I learned is just looking at it as, like I, I say it in interviews, but it really is true. Like it's stopping to look at the things about myself that I'm ashamed about as liabilities and trying to look at them as assets instead because it's not going away. Just like anxiety, just like feeling less than, like none of it goes away so you figure out how to make it work for you. And that happens because of how, like all the countless interactions that we've had with the heroes at this point, with three seasons, three and a half seasons under our belt with Japan the level of openness that we experience from all of our heroes. Like the amount of stories that, like just these people that just open up their homes to complete strangers. It's, it's, it's so incredibly touching and it just taught me how to be more comfortable with who I am. I told myself that I was gonna refuse to talk about what it was like to be fluid on the show and I wanted to stay private about it. But then we met AJ and he was talking about his problems and then we ended up at a dressing room at Lacoste and the only reason I wanted to show up that day was to get free polos because I love the Croc logo. And then <laughs> next thing you know, I'm talking about my own personal life and like how I've struggled with my sexuality. And it's like, if these people are gonna open up about their lives, we have to be willing to do the same. It has to be a conversation. It's not a one-sided thing. So yeah. That's awesome. All right, next question for Karamo. Um, what do you think has been the show's biggest impact? No, we don't know whose question that was. Whose question was that? Somebody just pretend. Woo! Yay! There we go. Um, the show's greatest impact? Um, I think that there are several. I think the first one is we've given people around the world a space to be vulnerable and open about their emotions. And I don't think a lot of television shows give people that space. Um, I think secondly, we've showed people the power of connecting with those who you think is different than you um, and what strength it takes for you to say, I'm going to put aside my judgments and my egos of someone else to learn about them, to help them to understand me and for us to grow together. And I think those two things are what resonates the most with the audience. Um, and I'm proud to be a part of this 
dynamic hosting group where we each episode know that that is what our main goal is to have people feel vulnerable have them open up and also give them tools so that they can connect with other people that's awesome all right this last one um is actually not a question but i'm going to read read it anyway Hello, gentlemen. Not a question, but I just want to tell you how much I love you and how positive you are with the people you work with. My daughter and I have watched almost every episode. I wish more people in the world treated other people the way you do. Sending you lots of love and good wishes, Jen and Molly Bastian. Jen and Molly out there? Aww. Thank you, Jen and Molly. That was awesome. Thank you all so much for your candor and loveliness tonight. Let's hear it for the Fab Five. Let's hear it for Mama Tani. Thank you all for coming yes. and listening. Jen. Thank you so much. Yeah.